You're listening to teaching from Castle Hills Christian Church in San Antonio, Texas. More information about Castle Hills Christian Church is available at chccsa.com. Disruption. We've all had a lot of change in a small amount of time. Our lives have been disrupted in every aspect. Our schedules, our routine, our priorities, our eating habits, our sleep, our our jobs, school, our athletic activities, uh, our, our finances, grocery shopping, travel, vacation, entertainment, church, relationships. Now, our lives have been disrupted, and we're trying to figure out how do we live in the midst of the disruption. Well, we're trying to, li- trying to figure out how to live outside of our comfort zones. And over the next several weeks, we're going to be talking about what it means to live in the midst of disruption. We're going to be looking at several people in the Bible whose lives were disrupted. And we're going to see how they reacted, and we're going to see uh, how, what, we, what we can learn from them. We may even discover that disruption is an opportunity to grow and thrive. If you have your Bibles, go ahead and turn to Matthew chapter 14, verses 22 to 23. Jesus has been teaching all day. He's been doing miracles. He actually fed what we call the feeding of the 5,000, where there was this large group of men, women, and children. And it was actually far more than 5,000 that he fed. It was 5,000 men, not counting women and children. And he, and he does this, and, and there's this big group of people that always want to be around him. And Jesus says, hey, I need to get away. And so he puts his disciples in a boat on the Sea of Galilee. It's actually a lake. It's the same lake that we talked about last week that was known for its storms. And he goes out, and he pushes them out, and then he goes out into the hills, and he spends some time away. And he prays, and he kind of refills his bucket, which I think some of us can relate to that. Some of us are tired and we need to refill our bucket. We need to kind of reconnect with God. And so the disciples are out on this lake. And in verse 24, it says, Meanwhile, the disciples were in trouble far away from land, for a strong wind had risen and they were fighting against heavy waves. Basically, they were in the midst of a storm. They're, they're trying to get across to the other side. And all of a sudden, they, they have this wind. They have these waves that are coming into the boat. I think they're wet and they're tired and they're frustrated. And it was about 3 o'clock in the morning, or the fourth watch, which was between 3 to 6 a.m. And Jesus came toward them, walking on water. Jesus is in the hills, and he sees his disciples going through this disruption, this thing that they didn't expect, this storm, these waves, these, this water coming in to the boat. And he sees this, and he walks toward them. He pursues them, and he pursues us in the midst of our disruption. When the disciples saw him walking on the water, they were terrified. In fear, they cried out, it's a ghost. Now, it's not normal for someone to be walking on water. And remember, again, they're far away from shore. They're tired. They've been facing, this, facing the wind. They've been facing these waves. And all of a sudden, between 3 to 6 a.m., early in the morning, they see this figure walking out there. And you can understand why they would jump to this conclusion. It's a ghost, and they were scared. They were scared about the wind and the waves, but they were scared because all of a sudden, this, this, this 
person out there walking on the water. Verse 27, but Jesus spoke to them at once. Don't be afraid. Take courage. I am here. Those had to be comforting words. These, these big strong men were terrified, but then Jesus speaks. They hear the voice of Jesus. He says, hey, it's going to be okay. Don't be afraid. Take courage. Why? Because I'm here. I'm here. I'm here with you. Some of you right now, you're in the midst of a lot of disruption. And you need to hear those words. Don't be afraid. Don't be afraid. You keep on saying that over to yourself. Don't be afraid. Take courage. Why? Not because you are some super awesome, strong person that can get through everything, but because Jesus is with us. That Jesus is with us in the midst of our disruption. Then Peter, and this is the disciple that was known for putting his foot in his mouth, that, that I mean, you know, sometimes he said really great things, and then sometimes he said some things, you're like, hmm, Peter. I mean, he just blurted things out. He says, Lord, if it's really you, tell me to come to you walking on the water. And Jesus said, no, I just stay in the boat. No, he, he said, yeah, come on. And so Peter went over to the side of the boat and walked on the water toward Jesus. But when he saw the strong wind and the waves, he was terrified and he began to sink. He was basically drowning. Save me, Lord, he shouted. Now, some of you, I aware, I, I'm aware that you're hearing this story and you're like, yeah, I don't buy this. I mean, people walking on water, that doesn't happen. Yes, I've seen some illusionists do it, but, but the, what they have is plexiglass, and, and I just don't buy this story. Th this stuff doesn't happen. But that's why we call it a miracle. It, it goes beyond science. It goes beyond what we can explain. You, you have to admire Peter for showing courage. He gets out of the boat, and he says, hey, Jesus, I want to come toward you. I'm tired of being in this boat and tired of being in this storm. I want to pursue you. And so Jesus is pursuing him. But Peter says, hey, I want to come toward you. And I think that's a question we have to ask ourselves. What are we doing right now in the midst of our disruption? Are we coming closer to Jesus or are we running away? See, this is a great opportunity for us to actually lean in more on Jesus than ever before, for us to submit everything to Him, for us to actually grow in our relationship with Him. And some people will do that, and some people will actually get a hard heart, and some people will question if God's even around, why is this happening? Uh, but I want to encourage you, I just want to remind you of the words that Jesus said, don't be afraid, take courage, I am with you. Verse 31 we see that as Peter is, is drowning, as he's sinking into the water, as he took his eyes off of Jesus, he, he begins sinking, and Jesus literally picks him up. He, he grabs him. And he says, you have so little faith, why did you doubt me? I think some of us, we can relate to Peter. Because sometimes in all of, the, or all of this disruption. And we look at the wind and we look at the waves and we look at uh, all of the things that are happening. We look at the stock market and we look, hey, am I going to keep my job? Am I going to lose my job? Well, what, what's going to happen? And we began looking at our circumstances and we began to sink into the water. Well, we began to drown and that's what fear does. It causes us to drown. But Jesus, he steps in and he says, hey, I see you. I see you, and he puts his hand, and he pulls us up. And sometimes we don't even realize 
that Jesus is rescuing us. Sometimes he sends someone there just to encourage us. We get the text just at the right moment. We get the email. We get the phone call. We get the groceries that all of a sudden comes to our house. We get the check in the mail, and you're like, well, how did they know that I had this need? And it's because they were listening to the voice of Jesus, and Jesus said, hey, send this money. You're like, man, that's going to keep my lights on right now. See, Jesus specializes in rescuing us. And Jesus says, you have little faith. Actually, in Greek, it's just little faith. It's almost like Peter, little faith. That's almost like his nickname right here. He says, why do you doubt me? See, in the midst of the disruption, sometimes we can think, does God really care? But I want you to know that God is bigger than this situation, bigger than COVID-19. In verse 32, it says, when they climbed back into the boat, the wind stopped and the disciples worshipped him. You really are the son of God, they explained. Explained. They, 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 they basically said, hey, you know what? Last week in the storm, they said, man, who is this man? This time, they say, you are the son of God. You are the Messiah. You are all powerful. And instead of worrying about everything, they worshipped. They, they took time to, to worship God after all of this. And and this, as I said last week, sometimes in the storm, Jesus takes it away quickly. Sometimes he says, hey, waves, stop, wind, stop. And that's what I'm praying right now is that God would bring healing in our world, that he would stop this pandemic. And I know that he has the power. I pray that a vac vaccination would take take place quickly. I pray that if heat causes this thing to go away, that we'll have the biggest heat wave we've ever had. I, I don't know what the answer is, but I'm just praying that God would stop this, that people would quit getting ill, that people would, would quit dying. And I believe that God could stop this pandemic at any moment. But sometimes, sometimes, and I don't know why, sometimes he says, hey, I want to keep on, I want you to keep on going in the storm, but I'm going to be with you. And Jesus walks with us in the storm. So we have a, a choice to make in this disruption. We can worry or we can worship. We can turn everything over to God or we can continue to, to panic and live in fear. See, God meets us. He pursues us in the disruption. But we must keep our eyes focused on Him, not on the wind and the waves. So in a few moments, we're going to, to take communion. And I think that's such a great reminder that God pursues us. Because He sent His Son, Jesus. He sent His Son, Jesus, down to this earth, and He saw our need. And Romans tells us the wages of sin is death, but the gift of God is eternal life. And, and, and He saw that, that we needed a Savior. And so Jesus came down to this earth. And he died on a cross for us because he loves you and he pursues you. And we take, when we take that bread, we remember Jesus' body on the cross. When we take that juice, we remember Jesus' blood that was shed. And so I want to take this moment for you to, to take communion. I'm going to pray and then I'm going to say just a few words afterwards. Dear God, thank you for sending your son. Uh, thank you for him pursuing us. Thank you for him caring about us right now. Thank you for him uh, 
forgiving us of our sins. Thank you for him not only dying on the cross, but also arising again, coming from that tomb, conquering death, so that we could have eternal life. In your precious holy name, amen.